But a funny little thing that I read as well, and this is like, wow, what a piece of shit. But the 67 year old guy um, who was like the oldest that was arrested, he seems like he was kind of like the mastermind behind the whole thing, it seems. So basically he has released a tell all book and it's literally called I Kidnapped Kim Kardashian in it. <laughs> like that's the title. And in it, he completely admits to like everything, basically like a blow by blow of how it went, the planning, all that sort of stuff. You are listening to the Mindless Podcast. It is your place to switch off from the stress and seriousness of reality and escape into some mindless topics with me, Benita Shu. The Mindless Podcast is a place for us girls to come together, sip a bit of wine and chat about all things reality TV, social media, pop culture, women in business, and even a little bit of true crime. It's a bit of a mixed bag of all of my favorite topics, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello you guys and welcome back to episode two of the Mindless podcast. I am so glad that you're here with me today. Uh, I'm so sorry that part two of the Kardashians content special has taken me so long to get up. I have been so busy with work and just life at the moment, as well as planning my daughter's first birthday, which is coming up really soon as well. What do you mean? I nearly have a one-year-old. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. Uh, so like I mentioned, this is part two of the Kardashian content that I'm doing for the next few episodes. So this one um, as well covers the end of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, the show, as well as a whole bunch of other controversies we cover. So if you have not listened to episode one yet, I highly recommend that you just pause this episode right where you are and go back to episode one. There's a whole bunch of juicy stuff in there that you're gonna wanna catch up on before this episode. So some of the items we did talk about in the previous episode, just to recap a little bit, was Tiger's super ick, gross song about Tammy Hembro and having sex with her, apparently, so he says in the song, in an in-and-out parking lot, as well as his gross song that he wrote about Kylie Jenner as well when she was allegedly underage, so that was quite the controversy at the time. We also talked about Kim's rise to fame and just generally her like being super thirsty for fame, which she has like openly admitted herself. We also talk about Kim being accused of tipping off paparazzi and, you know, being seen with Nick Lachey on a date and he kind of like accused her of tipping off the paparazzi so they'd be seen together which um, if you guys remember Nick Lachey, like what a blast from the past. I think if you remember Nick Lachey, it's time to start using like an eye cream or something. I saw a, I saw a meme of that the other day. I can't remember what it said. It was like a particular song and it was like a 90s song or something. And it said, if you remember this song, then you better start using an eye cream. And I was like, wow. 
so savage. As well, in episode one, we also talked about the current lawsuit that is like literally happening in real time with Black China, and that is against Kim, Chloe, and Kylie and Chris as well. So basically, Black China is suing them for canceling her show, Rob and China. So she believes that they kind of went out of their way to get the show canceled. And as well as a bunch of other things, we did also talk about the infamous sex tape between Ray J and Kim Kardashian and a whole bunch of stats on that. Um, and some facts that may surprise you or may not surprise you. I don't know. It's literally the most famous sex tape in all of the land. So if you haven't go and listen to episode one, it is very juicy. Go and have a listen first before coming back to this episode. But in this episode, we are going to be covering a whole bunch of more interesting stuff. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. Let's kick it off and get started. So I'll go and cut back now to the pre-recorded content that I've already done that kind of flows on from the end of episode one. So here it is. So another interesting topic that came up was Kylie hiding her pregnancy. So obviously we know that the birth of Stormy, baby Stormy, uh, was a little bit of a surprise. So there was heaps of speculation about it. For the most part, she kept really on the down low. Like a lot of people didn't know or basically there just wasn't confirmation that she was pregnant. And she said in the interview that she wanted to be stress-free and like keep really private and at peace during her pregnancy which I totally agree with because like even Kim says in the interview that when she was pregnant there would be like paparazzi cars that would like almost hit her car when she was pregnant to just try and get a photo of her and like I can't even imagine like that would just be so stressful and upsetting and I think as well if Kylie was out and about like especially with her age like she was younger to be pregnant um and yeah and I definitely think if Kylie was out and about and pregnant she would have just been like absolutely harassed by um the paparazzi and stuff like even not that this is really the same but even when like Jamie Lynn Spears so Britney Spears's little sister was pregnant and stuff she was younger again but and not as famous but um, she was like harassed when she was pregnant and stuff and completely hound for it. Um, so I can only imagine what it would have been like if Kylie was out and about. But yeah, she pretty much said that she stayed home like the whole entire time of her pregnancy and just within the gates of like the community where they lived. And she said towards the end of the pregnancy, there would be like helicopters outside the house every single day trying to get photos of her and they'd be taking photos of and like videos of all the deliveries that were showing up at her house and apparently like the paparazzi thought there was like a cot arriving one day or something but she said it was just like a normal piece of furniture but yeah so just marks like how crazy it was I totally think that was the right decision for her though to keep it a secret so then we got onto the topic of Kim's $10 million wedding to Chris Humphreys, the basketballer. Of course, his name was Chris, by the way, and it's spelt with a K too, guys. Like, come on. So, of course, the marriage only lasted 72 days. So I found this part of the interview really interesting because basically they all opened up and said that they knew 
each of them that it wasn't going to last the wedding. Uh, sorry, the marriage wasn't going to last. And even Kim kind of said that she knew it wasn't really going to last and she had like major doubts about it. And then they even reveal that Chris Jenner basically like tried to encourage Kim to like dash from the altar and be a runaway bride and just like save yourself, Kim. Um, which is such a revelation. Like, I don't think they said that to anyone before. So, so during the interview, Kim says to her sisters and her mom, if you all knew the marriage wasn't going to last, then why did you let me go through with it? And Chloe says as well that she had apparently hosted Kim and Chris Humphrey's engagement party. And Chloe (laughs) apparently said in her speech or something that she gives it six months or like she doesn't think that it's gonna last which is so savage and correct so then they go on to describe that the night before the wedding like at the rehearsal dinner Kim was upstairs in her room and Kris Jenner like went up there to check on her and she said like you know you don't have to go through with this if you don't do it and apparently she said to Kim like you can just go like I'll get a car for you no one will know where you go and like I'll stay behind and I'll just deal with all of this and that just literally sounds like a movie like I'm pretty sure that's like the plot of, you know, Rachel arriving on Friends. Except, no, I think she climbed out a window or something, didn't she, of the chapel? I don't know. So Kim says no, that she wanted to stay, and basically it was just way too much pressure not to go through with it. Like, they were filming the show, they had the whole whole crew there, and, like, the budget for the wedding and the show was huge. Um, she didn't want to be known as the one runaway bride forever, which like literally would have been a meme. Like she's right. It would have been a meme forever. And Kim also said that there was the pressure of the show. They were obviously paying her and Chris Humphreys a fee for like being the stars of the show sort of thing. So she basically said that she took her whole pay from filming the show and Chris's whole pay from filming the show And went and like put it all into the wedding because she wanted a bigger wedding than like what the show was going to pay for. So she put in her own pay sort of thing. And, you know, she just said that she felt so much pressure that she was going to let everyone down. And she admitted she partly just went through with it because of the show, which is I can, you know, I begin to understand why Chris Humphreys was so upset because it really does start to sound like he was a bit of a passenger to the whole thing, like her saying she just did it for the show. So after all this happened, Chris Humphreys pretty much just like went into hiding and um, yeah, like went back to his home state after all of the divorce filings were made. And pretty much he's completely shunned everyone, Kardashian, Kim, everyone ever since. And he was so pissed off that he basically made claims that it was all a publicity stunt and he was like a pawn of the publicity stunt pretty much. I remember when it was all breaking in the news because I'm pretty sure he did a couple of interviews when it was kind of all announced and he was talking like a lot of shit about Kim and I remember thinking at the time I was like stop being a little bitch like just because she doesn't want to be with you like you don't have to go and talk a bunch of shit sort of thing but when I look about when you look at it on reflection I can see why he was so upset like he 
he feels like the whole thing was just used for the show. And like, if that was me, if someone was going to end the marriage anyway, you'd want them to end it before you go down the aisle, wouldn't you? So he was just kind of robbed of that um, opportunity. So Kim went and filed for divorce and Chris actually went and filed himself for an annulment. And he like claimed that there was fraud involved because apparently when there is an annulment, like the only way of getting it is that you have to prove that there was fraud, something fraudulent. And his version of fraudulent was basically like, it was all for the show. Like he was saying that the marriage was like a sham. And so Kim at the time just like would not agree to an annulment. Like she wouldn't agree to there being fraudulent activity. So yeah, here's a few facts. If anyone's interested in where the hell and who the hell Chris Humphreys is these days, um, so basically after everything happened, he had like a mental health, um, you know, breakdown, not a breakdown, but just like a bit of a nosedive, um, for about a year. And then he started to suffer from anxiety and like, especially in large crowds and stuff. So he was coming like a little bit of a recluse by the sounds of it. So he went and like quickly retreated from the spotlight. He actually retired from basketball, which I found really interesting because he was like really into being an athlete before all this. And then um, he went and moved back to his hometown in Minnesota. So he now is a little bit of a businessman and he runs a chain of seven crisp and green restaurants. So that must be American. I don't know what crisp and green is here. And he has more than 10 Five Guys burger franchises. And he also does like a little bit of house flipping stuff as well as burger flipping. I'm pretty sure from what I could find, he isn't in any serious relationships on or anything like that. There's like a couple of Insta models here and there, but that's about it. And Kim also did mention that when she was pregnant with Saint, she ran into Chris Humphreys and he like completely shunned her, um, which is also very interesting. It sounded like they had been placed on like tables at a restaurant next to each other. Like how fucking awkward is that? Um, yeah. And apparently all of his friends, um, at his table got up to like say hello to Kim and then Chris just like didn't get up and didn't look at her pretty much. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like not a lot of water is under the bridge there. So then we get on to the topic of Kim and Kanye's current divorce in the interview. And I don't think anyone was that surprised about them splitting up, to be honest. Like, I feel like their relationship has been dysfunctional for some time. So it wasn't really a surprise, but they also seemed like quite distant. Obviously, he's been living in like a complete different state and stuff. I did a bit of research into the timeline of when all of this happened. And it pretty much seems that when, because we all know Kanye has bipolar. So it seems like when all of the marriage breakdown was like really happening was around the time that Kanye was like, going for president and like saying crazy things at that rally about North and all that sort of stuff. So it's very clear he was having some sort of like an episode and like a bit of a breakdown, but it just makes sense. Like why he was so stressed it seems during that time. But yeah, honestly, like I don't understand how celebrity couples at this level are supposed to happen. Like you've got two 
people, Kim and Kanye, who are so famous. And like when you get to that level of fame, you're not even just fame, but like all of their business stuff and everything. Like they are their own enterprises. Like Kim is an enterprise. Kanye is a brand and an enterprise. Like the time pressure, the travel, the amount of workload, like your career is so prevalent. It's not like a normal career, I don't feel. And how are you supposed to have two such prevalent careers next to each other and still make time for each other? Like it's, I can see why it never works out with celebrity couples. And so anyway, in a previous episode, Kim was kind of saying like Kanye deserves to have someone that supports all of his like enormous ideas and you know, travels to Wyoming to live with him and support his dreams and that sort of stuff. And that's really nice of her to say um, and very supportive of her to say, but like she said, I can't be that person. Like I have my own career, I've got my kids and that sort of stuff. And yeah, it just made me think like it really is that way. Like I think if a celebrity couple was to work, it seems like one of them career, one of their career needs to be like the main focus on that level. And then the other person is kind of like an accompanying person when you've got two major careers. I just like how the hell could that even work in, you know, everyone has the same amount of hours in the day sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm honestly in two minds about this because Kanye is worth $6.6 billion. He lives in Wyoming, away from his kids who live in California, by choice. He has all of the ability to be present and live in the same state as his kids, but he has chosen to move to a different state to buy a ranch and do this whole plan, which I'll explain in a second what he's doing on this ranch. But I also feel like that's a little bit bullshit, if I'm honest. Like, it's not like they're like a fly in, fly out worker or something, you know, where, you know, you need to travel away to be away for a little bit to provide for your kids. It's not like that. Like he could live, he doesn't need to work. He, he could do whatever. He could live wherever he wants, but he's choosing to be in a different state away from his kids. I just find that to be a little bit shit because then you've got Kim who like has the kids, like I understand they have nannies and stuff, but like Kim is staying in the state of California with her kids like and you know working and stuff I just find that to be a bit shit that he's moved away from his kids but anyway so back to this ranch that Kanye has bought let me tell you a little bit about it so it's in Wyoming like I mentioned so he bought it for apparently about 14 million dollars and it is on 1400 acres so the property includes a restaurant saloon a ranch-style event venue, a maintenance shop, an office building, horse barns, sheds, and a state-of-the-art shooting range. And then apparently two months after he's gone and bought the original ranch, he's then gone and bought another 
close by $15 million ranch, um, as you do. So basically, from what I can understand, so the plans surrounding like these two property purchases that he's done is a little bit hush-hush, but basically from what I can understand, his plan is, and it's a very Kanye plan, like I agree he's a visionary, but also, yeah, he's just Kanye, you know? So anyway, his plan is to create basically a community on the ranch for like access for homeless people. So it's like he wants to create dome housing, like dome as in like an igloo sort of dome housing that is supposed to be like really new age design and like blurs the lines between low middle and high income communities. So yeah, I really am not too sure about that. I don't know if it's like he's building a whole community there and then like allowing people to come and live there or something. It's very, it's a bit strange. But um, yeah, so he's a bit hush-hush about that at the moment. But I actually saw an aerial photo. I might put this up on our Instagram page so you guys can see the photo because it's kind of hard to explain. So if you follow the Instagram page at the Mindless Podcast. Um, I'll go and post this photo, but it's like this drone image of these domes that he is creating and it looks so alien. Like it literally looks like alien life on earth. Um, and like very space futuristic vibes. Like it's like a random igloo in the middle of the desert. It looks like, but a whole bunch of them. So yeah, basically what Kim is saying is Kanye is throwing himself into this project on like his ranches with housing for the homeless and stuff like that. And he deserves someone who can like follow him to Wyoming and like support his dreams and ideas and, you know, not someone who has a competing, like super busy career. So it seems like they have kind of already moved on to other people, which I mean, I think Kim only filed for divorce in February this year, um, which celebrities move on so quick, man. Like I don't understand it. Like when my mom and dad got divorced, I think my mom was single for like a year and a half or something and then started dating someone. And I was like, what the fuck, mom? Like it's way too soon. What are you doing? And then these celebrities are just like, oop. On to the next, but yeah, celebrities don't fuck around getting back on the horse. So Kanye has been seen with 35-year-old model named Irana Shaikh. Shaikh? I hope I'm saying that right. I have never heard of her before, but except the fact that she is the ex of Bradley Cooper, who I think they also have a daughter together. So that's who he's been seen with lately. And as for Kim, she was asked about it on the reunion show and she was like a little bit coy about it. So I'm really not too sure, but she had been rumored um, and like a bunch of gossip pages and stuff were posting that she was dating CNN correspondent Van Jones. Um, and she like shut down that quick. She, she was like, mm, no. And then another one was Maluma. Um, who is like a Colombian singer. So they were like rumored to be seeing each other. Same thing. She just shut it down and said they're just friends. So I don't know. Guys, I feel like there is like something really good coming for Kim. I've just got a good bloody feeling about it. And I think she's really going to find like her love 
You know, like Kanye gave her the babies and now she's just going to find like her soulmate, I reckon. So I'm very excited to see what's in the future for her. So we touched on the Paris robbery a little bit with Kim during the episode in the reunion as well, which is something I find so crazy with how people reacted to that story. And to this day, it literally like boils my blood a little bit because there was so many people when all of the news of that Paris robbery broke, there were so many people who were saying it was a publicity stunt. And I remember there was like people who made Halloween costumes of like Kim in a robe with like handcuff ties on and stuff like that, like making fun of her, which is so fucking sad to me. Like you've got Kim who there was five robbers dressed as police who broke into her hotel during the 2016 fashion week. She had a gun held to her head and she was robbed and handcuffed and locked into a bathroom. And she said that she thought that she was gonna be raped because they were all speaking French. She didn't know what was going on and that she had pleaded with the gunmen to please let her go and to let her live because she has babies at home. I'm sorry. That is fucking terrifying. The fact that anyone has made fun of that is like disgusting to me. She's a mother. She is a daughter. She's a sister. Like if that happened to anyone, you know, that is just horrific. So the fact that people are making fun of that just really boils my blood. So during the robbery, it is said that Kim was robbed of about $6 million of jewelry and watches, including like that crazy huge engagement ring that Kanye had bought Kim. So all of that was gone in the heist. But during the reunion interview, Kim has said that she's pretty much completely changed since the robbery. So she doesn't value material possessions as much at all anymore. And she never has anything of value on her. And she even said that nothing of value like ever gets delivered to her house or anything like it's taken elsewhere. And she's also said in the past that like her jewelry that she wears now is like on loan she doesn't really own any jewelry anymore and she's also said in the past that she can't sleep well at night unless there's like six security guards at her house so it's all just sad i would be literally having so much ptsd and also a little bit of interesting information that i found out is um so during the robbery and everything the insurance company that had insured you know the six million dollars of jewelry and watches and stuff are now actually suing kim's security guard who was like her security guard when the robbery happened or at least they're suing the company that he worked for. I'm not sure which one it is, but basically claiming that he was like negligently protecting Kim's hotel room during the robbery, like when that all occurred, which I don't actually even think he was there. I think he was out um, because Courtney and Kendall had gone clubbing or something, I think. And um, yeah, so he was out with them. And Kim was at the hotel room. Another little thing that is also worth a Google is during that time, Kanye was literally performing like at the exact same time that this robbery was happening. He was performing 
um, on stage and there is footage of him performing, performing, and then all of a sudden someone, um, you know, runs from off stage onto the stage and like whispers, interrupts and like whispers into Kanye's ear and obviously tells him what has happened with Kim. And you just see Kanye's face just like drop. And then all of a sudden he just speaks into the microphone and he's like, the show's over, the show's over. I'm sorry, I got to go. And like drops the microphone and runs off the stage and like starts trying to call Kim. So it was all just the bloody drama, guys. You can't make this shit up like I keep saying. So from what I can find, it sounds like 17 people were arrested on suspicion of being involved in the robbery against Kim. And you guys, the more I looked into this, the more I was like, oh my God, this is so, this has been so orchestrated and they had it like down to a T. It turns out that they had like followed her for years on each Paris Fashion Week, but apparently every other year they were planning on doing the heist then. Um, Kanye had always been with her, so they didn't want him to be there to kind of like interrupt the whole thing. And so this particular Fashion Week in 2016, Kanye was performing, like I just said, Um, so he obviously wasn't there. And so they took the opportunity to go ahead with the robbery. So the people who were arrested were all actually pretty old. They were called like the grandpa robbers or something super weird. So they were all aged between 44 and 67 years, mostly. And get this, one of the guys who was arrested was the brother of Kim's Paris chauffeur, like during that time. If that doesn't sound planned, like I don't know what is, who would have had more of a scoop of where Kim was at any time than her chauffeur, you know? So anyway, the jewelry was never to be seen again. Basically criminals with stuff like that when they get like a really large diamond like Kim's engagement ring for example they like go and chop it up into small unrecognizable pieces and like make it into other jewelry so it's like untraceable unrecognizable sort of thing so the chances of her ever seeing the ring again are like non-existent but a funny little thing that I read as well and this is like wow what a piece of shit but the 67 year old guy Um, who was like the oldest that was arrested. He seems like he was kind of like the mastermind behind the whole thing, it seems. So basically he has released a tell-all book and it's literally called I Kidnapped Kim Kardashian in it. (laughs) Like that's the title. And in it, he completely admits to like everything, basically like a blow by blow of how it went, the planning, all that sort of stuff. And he's just trying to get money from the book, obviously, but he hasn't even had his trial. So this was in 2016, this happened. He still hasn't had his trial, um, but yeah, basically he's not planning on like contesting any of the charges, obviously, because he already admits to all of them in his book. (laughs) So there you go. So moving on from that, in the reunion, the topic of Courtney refusing to share anything about her ex-boyfriend on the show comes up and Chloe basically voices a bunch of frustration because it was out in the paparazzi, the relationship between Courtney and her ex, I mean, 
and like the public knew about who she was dating and stuff like that. But Courtney had said that she like didn't want it covered at all in the show. And Chloe had said that she was frustrated because she didn't feel like it was fair, like the distribution of everyone being open and sharing their personal life when Courtney was seeing someone for a long time and like didn't share it at all. And she's, of course, talking about Courtney's past relationship with now 28-year-old Eunice Bendemuth. These last names. So I know his first name's Eunice Benjamin, I think is how you say the last name. So he was 25 at the time, I'm pretty sure. Um, so he's 28 now. Um, so he is an athlete turned model. So he used to be like a boxer before he turned into a model as you do. So it's rumored that him and Courtney actually met at the fashion week the year Kim was robbed in Paris, which like Courtney was literally out at a club with Kim's security guard with Eunice when the robbery was happening in the hotel. So that was pretty crazy. But anyway, it turns out that um, Courtney had later admitted that the relationship was very toxic and like wasn't really good for her. And then it kind of came out that the whole family didn't like him. But I'm not too sure about the details exactly why they didn't like him. They kept it kind of private, but the word toxic kind of just kept coming up. So Okay, so I think I'm going to have to go and wind it up there for this episode, you guys. And on the next episode, we will have a lot more Kardashian scandals to cover. But are you guys still with me? Like, is this just too much drama for you or are you still listening in? Because (laughs) my eyes are glazing over reading all of my notes here because there is literally that much like drama that I wanted to mention and little specific details I didn't want to leave out. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about Scott's substance abuse that they chat about in the reunion episode why I think his dating life is super creepy and weird and Kendall Jenner's stalker, Tristan Thompson's infidelity and a lot more. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with your friends. It really helps me out. Um, It takes me a while to get this sort of stuff together. So any help would be so much appreciated. I would love actually if you guys could share a screenshot like of the episode playing and post it to your story on Instagram and tag at the mindless podcast and me at Benita Shoe. That would be so helpful. And of course, all of the usual things like following, subscribing to the podcast and leaving a positive review. Um, Be gentle with me, guys. I'm new here, so still learning. Thank you so much for listening and being here with me for a mindless hour. And I'll catch you guys in the next one.